Okay, so North Park Hub. Um, our story started last Christmas and we got appointed on the 24th of December um, to go forward with this project. And how do I move down? That we go. Okay, so our scheme, North Park Hub, is to create a North Hub in the North Parklands. Um, many, I'm, I'm sure, have been to the Olympics this um, summer. And our site is in the North Parklands, so the top section. Um, it's outside, if you saw the temporary basketball stadium, our site is the, is the tarmac strip at the moment. Um, and this, the scheme is to uh, design a community centre, which has got a cafe as, as its main heart, and a multifunctional room which the community can use. And the landscape is to be a destination playground to really cater from babies up to your older teenager. Um, so some, here are some, some site photographs. The bottom one really gives you an idea of location. Athletes Village is right on our junction um, on the south um, and the velodrome is to the north, so those are our vistas. <laughs> um, and as you can see, it's a, it's a tarmac concourse and I should just explain, the park is now closed, as you know, after the Olympics and there's a year now of what is called transformation. Um, so all the large concourses that were designed to take crowd control um, during the Olympics now get um, reduced and there are a number of projects that happen over this year that will then be open um, in the next coming years um, in transformation. And our scheme, as Tim said, scarily is the first one to open the North Park next July. Um, so it's been a pretty fast track program for us. Um, but this is the concept um, diagram I drew for our competition entry. And it really was our response to the site. Um, the North Park is already well established and it has a really strong sculptural landform which we felt we really needed to tie into and make our flat site feel part of this much wider context. And we were really keen that the landscape was the thing that inspired us in terms of how we went about designing the hub and placing it, but also how the landscape and the playground then sort of um, responded and reacted. And we sort of took the analogy of a, of a fern leaf unfolding and how the landform could unfold um, as a reaction to the wider um, landform. Um, and with that, um, we wanted to pick up the ecological theme of the North Parklands. It's very much a green um, heart to the park. The South, as you know, is very much sort of stadia orientated and it's all about events and festivals. And the North is much more about sort of calm reflectiveness. And we wanted to express the, so the stories of plant life cycle and succession and very much how um, plants um, colonize bare earth and then slowly over time ad adapt and evolve until you get these pioneer woodlands and finally you get the climax woodland of oak and pine and use that as an ecological narrative that which we could apply across the whole site in terms of the hub building design but also the landscape around it. And it's very much informed how we've taken the play um, too. But we start the scheme and then suddenly realise that there's a huge utility um, corridor that runs right through the heart of our site. And it means we can't do any landform, we can't do any tree planting, and we can only plant grass or light, light herbaceous shrubs. Um, so that sort of put a spanner in the works in terms of how of our unfolding leaf. Um, but we still wanted to hold on to that, um, that concept of the unfurling leaf and how landform could really sort of um, be used to create these um, intimate spaces for children to explore. 
Um, so this is how our master plan has evolved, and we're, we're still in the middle of detailed design. We're just at stage E at the moment for landscape architects out there. Um, so we're still only halfway through the story. Um, so this is how our master plan is currently looking. And just to give you a little bit of insight, it's called the hub because it's right on the interchange of the north-south route and the east-west route that cuts through the Olympic Park. So this is why this is such a crucial junction in the site and how it's hopefully going to attract people to come in from the wider communities in. So we ha we've had to set up our paths, our cycle paths um, and path routes within the playground to react to that. And to the right of our site, which is currently, as I say, the... Um, basketball stadium is going to become housing so we're suddenly going to have this new community but who will come after the scheme has been built which is normally the other way around you have a community to consult with and in this scheme we don't have anyone to consult with so from that side it's been very we've been in isolation um, this is just a diagram I put together when sort of trying to convince the client about play and sort of the types of play that we needed to provide within the scheme and it just sort of picks up on some sort of key things about adventure and prospect and it's something that we've worked with Jan White on who I know is in the audience um, and thinking about um, play in those terms. And the second diagram is really just to say this, this um, playground doesn't have any boundaries, but there is a road on the um, right-hand side, the eastern side, where um, there may be a boundary. What, it may be just a hedge or it may be a railing boundary. It's still to be determined. But the north, south and the west boundaries are completely permeable into the wider landscape. And because this site is very, very... Um, tight and contained really for the, all the things that we really want to pack into it, it's really essential that there's this permeability and bound, we are, we are hopefully on the boundaries <laughs> to sort of spread that um, experience and also bring the play out into the wider landscape. Um, so in exploring how we sort of um, evolved, how we set up the, the actual landscape and its structure, we sort of um, started off with sort of very traditional sort of hand-drawn sketches and working out how we would work the trees, etc. We used a lot of models in terms of initially working out how the contours and landform could work, especially in relationship to the building. We really wanted the building to feel part of the landform and, and um, the roof spans to feel like it was a continuous span. These are some later models showing once we've got the landform cracked, or we hope, is um, now sort of applying the sort of um, the planting we're really using planting as sort of a fabric that's been laid across the um, landform and the wider landscape to, one, make our landforms feel bigger because we're so constrained because of the utilities um, that we are, can only literally do it within a 10-metre zone, but also to, so to make them feel expansive, but also that they belong to the wider context, which is next door to us, so that all of that sort of bleeds in. Um, and obviously to make a rich environment for children. These are just some initial um, slides of the tree species that we're using throughout the site. It's very much picking on that, that plant succession story, so from sort of young pioneer um, birch and hazel woodland um, planting through to sort of um, intergenerational planting and through to sort of it, the climax woodland, which is a mixed pine and oak um, woodland at the top of our site. So t telling that story through planting and trees. 
And so, just to talk through the master plan, it's basically divided up into sort of three key spaces. This, the southern section um, consists of um, quite an, a large, expansive meadow space, which um, is orientated towards the, the hub itself, so there can be sort of outdoor performances, cinema, um, that there will be farmers market within the plaza, etc. And the second space, the key space, which links very much into the hub itself, is um, linked to the multi-use rooms on the right-hand side, where we have this events law, which is there so that communities can hire those rooms. They can have their wedding there. Um, they, but also, in sort of in general terms, the hub is seen as sort of an environmental um, hub. And so sort of environmental workshops will take place and hopefully we'll get schools and the community who live nearby to actively participate in programs that are delivered there. And so that event space will be used for sort of, you know, chainsaw sculptures or learning about pond dipping and then going out into the wider parkland to go and um, observe those. And that space is made up of um, a hazel copse. And we chose hazel because, again, it's a pioneering um, species. Um, but also it has a rich understory that you can plant. So we're planning to plant um, bulbs and ferns and, and interlace that with um, serpentine pass-through so that children can explore this space. And hazel is um, a tree that can be coppice, so we can site win um, materials so that we can encourage children to make ephemeral dens. Um, but we're also working with a willow artist, Jim Buchanan, to, um, again, create more permanent um, sort of pods, uh, dens, um, if you like, um, which, again, um, talk about um, willow, willow seeds and their germination process. So here is a scattering of willow seeds. So you, it need, you need a number for a couple to actually germinate, so some will just be seeds that are just solid. Others are starting to open um, and these would be different spaces that children can explore from you know very young age to sort of hopefully teenage and, um, and adults too. Um, this is the hub building. As I say, um, it's very central to the scheme. Um, it's basically um, centered around a cafe to the left and this multi-events um, room here. Um, where the events lawn um, spills out onto. These are some early um, sort of models by the architects looking at the planes of the uh, roof and how we can sort of tie that into the landform and make it continuous. And also using the landscape spaces that we're creating around the building to inspire how the elevations of the, of the building will reflect back. So that top left um, picture, for example, is of how our hazel coppice will look like in many years' time, but it's picking up that, um, those verticalities and picking that up in the fenestration of the um, building elevation. And then the central section is um, <coughs> the key section um, for sand and water play. We're really keen to, um, to put sand and water play into this space. One, because it, sand and water are just brilliant things for children to play with and to manipulate the environment. And even if you're a baby or an adult, you know, you still have an amazing sort of, you know, it's a very special quality. Um, and in taking through the concept of it, we were keen that it tied back into the site and we were keen that it um, responded to the River Lee and its history. So 
obviously it started off as quite a natural river and over time it became very industrialized and forgotten and beaten about and then it, particularly in the Olympic site it's been completely sort of restored and the river terraces have been put back and so we wanted to sort of take that theme and express that in this piece of play. So the top section is very much about the natural river, it's all about um, orga organic river courses running through, um, the middle and bottom sections are all about industry, so the rills become hard and formal. There are different types of channeling and dams that you can make. And then the third section is about um, sort of the industrialised um, mix with the building. So these are some sketches that we developed um, with the Fountain Workshop, who is a specialist company who we've worked with before um, on the Diner Playground. Um, in terms of how we actually deliver this in terms of the water feature. Um, so these are some sketches of the source area. So as I say, it's very much an organic um, feeling. We're, just a, we're currently sourcing the boulders um, to where to place these. Um, and we're working um, with an artist who's actually going to make our weirs for us. So we hope none of these things are going to be from the catalogue. Everything is bespoke. <laughs> Um, and it's basically allowing children to be water engineers, so there'll be sort of organic sand um, pits which they'll be able to so basically dam the water as they like, put their, put their foot in the water and divert it that way or get a lump of sand and stick it there and flood the site, that's, that's the aim. Um, and I haven't said that this whole surface is going to be in natural, um, it's going to be laid, hand laid concrete. Um, and it's going to be sort of laced with a whole series of different sands and gravels. So it will be sand blasted off as to reveal the sort of the natural sort of riverbed so that you can get that grading and banding. So again, it gives a richness of texture. And I believe if um, even if the water's turned off and there's a, you know, another water shortage next summer, it won't matter because this landscape will be rich enough and there'll be enough there for children to interpret and, and imagine. Um, and this bottom section is just a sketch of sort of the industrial section where it's very much about um, moving sand and working together as groups to create different activities. We're making bespoke um, sand um, blocks so that you can make your own sand bricks so you can actually start to build buildings within the sand pit. Um, and this section here is the... Um, the water reel that's going to run parallel to the sort of main um, elevation to the hub and again it's all made up of um, hand laid concrete but this time sort of shot blasted to get different textures through um, and really picking up I've spent um, a couple of days at a quarry um, looking at all the sort of different um, textures from sort of the cutting process from rocks and sort of just from the picking from that axe to the saw cuts through to sort of start to pick up those patterns so that they are abstract and contemporary but they're still integral to this story of sort of, of, sort of industry and process. Um, these are just some sort of initial sketches about some of the um, dams and weirs that will be there. And then we made another model. <laughs> our office is sick of all our models because they're everywhere. This is a really large scale one and it's really sort of, um, it's the concept model but it's also um, really what we'll take to site and the contractor will build from this. Um, so if you stuck a pin into the plasticine, you get the levels for you know, what you need to do to get to the soak away, um, etc. Um, but it's really the only way you can record it because CAD drawings aren't expressive enough to be able to, um, to do that. 
So that's just some of the details. So that's the natural river, this is the industry, and this is coming through into the large sample area. How am I doing? Seven minutes, okay. So some more details. <coughs> what I didn't say is the, um, we don't have a, l a large amount of money. Um, the total scheme is two million, so for the building and the landscape which is not a lot because most of it's been spent on the things you don't see, like utilities. Um, so um, the water actually is going to be mains water, which is quite shocking. Um, and the way to um, sort of reduce waste is that they're all going to be, you're only going to get water through hand pumps. So you're going to need several children to sort of pump together to get the water. And there'll be a limited amount of water per hour. So every quarter of an hour, you'll get so much. So children are going to have to learn this and we want to give the message out that you know, water is a really valuable resource and it's not there to be wasted. So you're going to have to work together to, and pull how you, how you decide to sort of dam and use the water. So if you use it all in one go and let it just flush through, then you don't get much play. But if you then start to dam it and create and work down through the site, actually you'll get quite a lot. So we hope over the time children start to develop that and sort of, you know, collaborative exercise. Um, these are just some initial images we were showing to the client. But as I say, things have moved on now and we're now making our own, our own elements. Um, and it's obviously important to think about how will children will move over and through these landforms. So, and we're very keen to sort of each, each element is a different way of doing it so nothing is repeated and again keeping on the sort of natural theme of materials um, looking at different ways to, to do things and we're working with a number of craftsmen to sort of help us make sort of um, steps like this through sort of tree, tree bark and trunks. And then the third section of the park um, is the succession garden which again picks up this story about plant life cycle. It's also where our utilities are. Um, so we're really going to turn in sort of the planting there to make it a very sensory and attractive um, part of the scheme um, and to give children that sense of seasonality um, as well. Um, and within this, uh, we're working with another artist called Ivan Morrison, who's going to be creating two um, installations for the scheme. Um, one is going to be in the Scots Pine, the top section, um, creating this rather dense cave um, um, space and in the succession garden we've got more of a, t a twisting element um, which we're really excited about. It, there's sort of a late um, development in the scheme but um, I think it's actually going to really bring something to it in a different way. Um, and then the, the final section is the Scots Pine. Um, Erect Architecture, who are the architects on the scheme, are, are developing this. And again, it's a, oops, going the wrong way. It's, um, it's our climax woodland. So from the sort of pioneer right the way through to the top, the Scots Pine is our pine, um, climax woodland. And we always envisage this as being the really adventurous, the um, high octane sort of play element. But again, we really wanted it to respond to the landscape. Um, and so uh, we've always had this vision for having some really tall Scots Pine. Unfortunately, we can't source them so as large as we'd like, but they will grow. <laughs> so it's a, it's a mixed woodland um, with oak. And again, it's going to be a bespoke piece. Um, this <coughs> photograph, sorry, going wrong, wrong way again. This is a model, um, and not very good photographs, but it gives you a slight um, indication of how we're going to deal with it. So um, 
It's all going to be made out of oak. Um, it's going to be made on site. Um, the, again, the contractor is going to make it from the model. Um, and it's really a sort of adventure th through trees. Um, so there's a series of stepping stones, tree trunks coming up through into the central section, with, which is made out of what we call Frankenstein trees, um, which are dead trees with sort of branches attached to them. Um, and there's going to be a whole series of sort of um, uh, nets that enclose you that you can lie on the top or you can lie within. And then you go on this um, circuit, uh, which culminates at the very top, where it's a, a big oak tree that's been split. So you're actually inside the heart of the tree trunk and you can climb up into this sort of nest through um, some of the detailed photographs of it. Um, you don't really get a sense of it from these, I'm afraid. Um, there's some more of the detail, there's the, the, the tree trunk. And that's it, that's where we are. Um, the scheme, as I say, we're at stage E. Um, we um, start on site in November this year and it completes and opens in July next year. So the second half of the story maybe next year. <laughs>